I want me some glory hope. Glory Hole Podcast. We can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo! Bo Cephas, another amazing week as we picked up another five units and a perfect 3-0 NFL Sunday. Uh, we also... Went 5-0 and in our Super Contest entry, which puts us in 29th overall place out of thousands of people. Hey, Bo Cephas, the last time I was this high in a contest was in college. We had a little competition to see how many weeks in a row we could go without going to the doctor to get swabbed. And man, I ha- <laughs> man did I have a good 10-day run. Now, whether you are here for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President, for lots of things I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks. Premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional... YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain. Watch it pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast Bo Cephas as always here on the sports patio we got the TVs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show my friend tell the people all about your horrible fucking disgusting choice of the week well thank you very much there sir tonight I am drinking a voodoo ranger from New Belgium Brewery, All right. Fort Collins, Colorado. I ranked it a three out of three and a half, excuse me, out of five stars. 
great beer. First of all, New Belgium doesn't really make a bad beer. And uh, speaking of voodoo, it was invented in 1719 by the good people of New Orleans. It's a mixture of African, Creole, and Catholic beliefs and Longhorn. Oh, God. I was telling you, but tonight, I'm going to have to take the fall on this one this week. Thank because, God. Uh, buddy, last time you and I were in Nolens, uh I have to confess, I fell in love with a voodoo woman named Phyllis. Easy. <laughs> and Go easy here. She turned me every way but loose. And I have to tell you that some people say that voodoo isn't a religion. But when a voodoo woman gets a hold of you, let me tell you what. It's a religious experience, son, and one that you will never fucking forget. I promise you that. Yeah. I mean, is it safe to assume this was a uh, a um, African-American woman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any, like, I, I think that just, I think that's almost exclusively an African-American religion, is it not? I believe they like to be called Creole and not African-American, as they are a very they're, proud mixture of African-American French, and French. French black people, got sir. it. Sorry. Sorry, Frenchies. And, you know, when they come, they have quite the accent. It's It's really something. But anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to do the podcast. Yeah. Get we're going to go over the free picks, the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? And we're going to give you all, and I mean all, those wins coming in the air tonight, baby, as we have been doing. But right now, it's time, once again, to get you paid with that college free pick of the week. And this week, that pick is going to be those Florida Atlantic Owls minus seven or six and a half now versus Western Kentucky. First of all, Longhorn, we're getting a huge value in this game per our power rankings. And the reason here is simple. Florida Atlantic has had a very hard time getting their season off the ground because of the goddamn COVID. Mm. However, in the three games they have played, they're two and one ATS. They're doing just fine. But this isn't about Florida Atlantic. This is about how bad Western Kentucky is. Longhorn, as you know, we laid 28 and a half points, laid the big lumber to those shitty hilltoppers last week. We covered easily. And you know why? Because West Kentucky is that bad. How bad are they? They're one in six ATS so far in the year. That's 14.3%, boys and girls. And you might think, well, it has to turn around somewhere. Well, it ain't going to be this week. And the reason why, the weather. And I very rarely handicap the weather, but this is going to be a huge factor in this game because what does Western Kentucky do well? They actually throw the ball pretty well. 55th most attempts in the country per game compared to 96 to Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic does not throw the ball. And what does what does Western Kentucky not do? They don't run it. 92nd in attempts in the country. And why don't they run it? Because they fucking suck at it. They're 70th YPA in the country. Florida Atlantic, on the other hand, has the 33rd most run attempts in the country. That's what they do. They do run the ball, and they're 55th best in the country at it, YPA. And on the other side of the ball, Florida Atlantic has the 33rd best YPA run defense in the country, while Western Kentucky is 111th YPA in the country. So now you've got a team that can't run the ball, can't stop the run, and they're going to be playing in a goddamn monsoon. Long run the over-under in this college football game is now down to 30 Nine and oh, a half. 
Gross. They're not expecting any fucking points. Florida Atlantic's going to run the ball. Western Kentucky ain't going to do shit. Go fucking owls, baby. Hello, corner TV game. Yeah, it feels like stealing fucking money, honestly. All right, now that we got you paid, we got to get paid. And to do that, we got to go over this week's sponsor. And this week's sponsor is BetAnySports.eu. I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports, as the name suggests, if you want to bet how many more voodoo women are going to steal my virtue, the over-under is up right now, baby. <laughs> They've got reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations. They advertise same-day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People, go to betanysports.eu. Put in code word glory hole. Get a 35% sign-up bonus today. What does that mean? It means you part of $1,000. You get back $1,350. You're winning money on top of money on top of money, baby. It's betanysports.eu. Code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu cover glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. Is this bad? Is this bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? All right, boys and girls, as always, we start with the good, and the good last week it was again Longhorn fucking Huss, baby. Winning streak. Eight and three, another five fucking units, five and zero oh in the super contest. Like my buddy fucking said, let's fucking go. Love it. And now we move on to the bad, as we always tell on ourselves, because we are not only the best handicappers in America, we're the most fucking honest handicappers mm-hmm. in America. God damn it. And one of our terrible picks last week, totally Longhorn's fault, yeah. was Kentucky and Georgia over. No. Yeah, neither no. team could hold on to the ball at all. Kept turning it over, kept punting, kept, just kept fucking around. Neither <laughs> one of them could score. I mean, Georgia scored 14 points in Kentucky. What the fuck? Terrible. Yeah, you're not laying that at my feet, buddy. But <laughs> but that was a bad... I mean, hell, you know what I always say? If you're going to lose... Crash and burn, Maverick. Crash and burn. We crashed and burn on that one, and that moves us to the are you fucking anyway? What's it gonna be? It is this week those goddamn Baylor Bears plus the three. Ooh. First of all, <laughs> Baylor, you let TCU, who struggles to score the football, score 30 points in the first fucking half, and then of course, they only scored three points points the entire second half because they can't score and you wait until the fourth quarter to try to make any kind of a comeback and then you get our hopes up you get right there in scoring range to fucking get us the push and on fourth and two you fucking drop the ball fuck you baylor yeah i've told you about uh i thought we had this discussion uh last week or the week before about going going on or against all these you know christian catholic uh, schools and just you just it ain't working for you man stop sliding god and stay away from it are baptists really christians though like is that is that a thing only in the city limits of waco
All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time to get all those wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby! This week, we're going to start up in Buffalo, where those Buffalo Bills are three-point home dogs in Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and as hard as it may be to actually do, the sharp side on this game to me is to take Buffalo. Um, Seattle's coming off a big division win, off previously a big division loss. Um, So now they go across the country, out of division, out of conference. Uh, This just has letdown written all over uh, to me and who do they play next week right back into the division versus the Rams again so this is just a um, you know it's just one of those perfect letdown spots I don't love the number here a- at all and I do feel like we can find a better game to put in our uh, our next 5-0 and Sunday coming up so I will lean to Buffalo here as a home dog wish the number was better we'll see what it closes at but I will lean to Buffalo yeah, I mean, I think you're on the sharper side of it. Uh, and it's not its not really even a play on Buffalo. I think Buffalo has shown what they are at this point. I think it's just the fact that Seattle, the, first of all, the numbers hate Seattle. They hate them. <laughs> and the reason why is because they're, they have their record and everything they've done is not match their efficiency score at all, which is crazy. It's the same story with them last year. So that two years in a row, Green Bay and Seattle have been wildly overrated you know, from the record to what their numbers actually are. And this week, or this year for Seattle, it's kind of the difference between touchdowns and field goals for them. They just don't fucking, for whatever reason, they just don't kick goals. They just keep scoring touchdowns. And they're doing it at a historic rate, and that can't continue. Mm-hmm. So I like this spot for Buffalo. Uh, I think three points is fair, honestly. Uh, the algorithms are split on this, so it's a, it's a toss-up. From our perspective, but I think you are on the sharp side. What well, and one real quick, cool, one last thing. It, last week against New England was the first time all year that Buffalo got that running game going, which was, you know, we kept coming into this year, we expected Buffalo to be a running team, heavy running team, relying on the defense, and it's just, I mean, they're still they still got a good record, but finally for the first time we saw that running game get going. Zach Moss had almost 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the the other kid had 80 yards and I think a touchdown. Like if they can do that formula and play some decent defense, I mean honestly, this should have been a game I hit the sounder on, but I just cannot pull the trigger here. Uh, maybe that's me being a little scared and trying to protect the sounder record, but yeah, we, we broke it down. I like Buffalo here. All right, moving on to those hot Atlanta Falcons, and somehow they're four point favorites versus those Denver Broncos. Yeah, speaking of Sounders, this Denver was our beautiful, beautiful Sounder last week. We hit that and never had a doubt the entire fucking <laughs> game. It was so obvious that he was going to go nuts in the late third, fourth quarter. Uh, so here, a little, little quick story on the side. We've got a client that uh, that gets in contact with us pretty regularly with our picks and he just, he was texting me during that game, and this is the it just that's the li- that's the life of a gambler because you know halfway through that game, I'm getting a text saying my this Denver offense is 
garbage, like just terrible, terrible. And, you know, I don't really answer, you know, texts during during games. I kind of spend my time watching them and, and uh, taking notes and whatnot. And I check my phone later and then scroll down and about an hour and a half later, oh, my God, this Denver offense is awesome. <laughs> so that, that is a microcosm of what it's like to be a sports uh, sports better. So it's just the roller coasters are what makes it so much fun. Now, um, Denver, to me, again, Denver here has, has the value. They're the seventh-ranked DVOA defense. And, you know, you think Atlanta is this offensive machine like they've been in the past, but they're not. They're 23rd DVOA offense, really struggling this year. So I do look for the defense, the Denver defense to have the edge here. Now, on the other side of the ball, Atlanta is, is kind of a sneaky, they're kind of sneaky good against the run. And Denver is, you know, they're a slightly below average team, rushing team. Uh, but the part that jumped out to me in this game, and uh, points to the value is the Denver passing attack versus the Atlanta pass defense. Atlanta is 29th in defensive pass efficiency, so really bad. And I've been telling that those Denver weapons all year, and it hasn't really worked out well for me. It's kind of like like I don't know what I'm talking about. But last week, Locke finally spread it around to his playmakers, just got the ball in his free, in their freaking hands, let them do work. Their little joystick, KJ Hamler and Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, got them working, and of course they got Noah Fan and uh, uh, Judy, the, the new wide receiver. They got the weapons. Uh, I don't like Locke's cockiness after playing like absolute dog shit, and then finally getting it going and acting like he's the best player in the world. He's not as good as he thinks, but I do lean to the value on Denver here. I do like them to cover, and you know, again, we talked about before we hit record. There's a lot of games I should be hitting sounders on, but I. You know, it's it's hard to choose which ones. This is another one. I can hit the sounder here, and, and feel good about it. I just, for whatever reason, I'm not pulling the trigger on the sounder. So, what do you got? Yeah, the numbers are with you. Algorithms are with you. Love Denver here all the way. And here's the other thing: like Locke was made to feel uncomfortable most of that game last week, as he was the week before. And once he finally found his footing, he did spread around. He did come back. And you know what? As much as I don't like the kid as a quarterback, I love the fucking moxie. I love the fucking, yeah. you know, the hubris, whether it be foe or not, doesn't matter. He's fucking got it. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of balls it takes to fucking walk into Atlanta and walk out with a victory. And if you look at the over-under in this game, it's steamed up from 47.5 all the way to 50. Well, that ain't because Atlanta scores points. Everybody knows Atlanta scores points. I think it's because everybody realized, like, Denver's going to score the ball in this game. And if you give me two teams going to score the ball at four points – and the better defense in Denver. Yeah, I like Denver. All right. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Those Tennessee Titans are at home, and they are six-and-a-half-point home favorites for those Chicago Bears. Yeah, we're halfway through the season now, Bo Cephas, so it is, you know, teams are starting to become what they are going to be. Now, I know there are – there's a handful of teams that happens every year that about half – you know, around Thanksgiving, they'll kind of – hit another gear and, and, and get it going. KC's a perfect example of that last year. Uh, at this time, KC had a bad defense, and by the end of the year, uh, it was just lights out. So, But that's not going to – I don't think that's going to happen in Tennessee. At least they have to prove it to me before they do. Um, so right now they're just a bad defense. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow touched uh, towards them last week, and honestly that was with a college-level offensive line protecting him, and Tennessee never – freaking touch them that was that was an amazing performance we almost pulled the trigger and put cincinnati plus seven seven and a half uh out to the clients but because of the just just injuries the 
cluster injuries on the offensive line. We we backed off as obviously we should have left them in there. But if Chicago can, if if Chicago's ever going to score twenty seven to thirty points in a game this season, my God, this is the spot they're going to have to do it. And if they do do it against this future defense, and they're getting six points on top of that, it really is just a slam spot for Chicago. Feels like a field goal game either way. I lean Chicago here. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. Numbers are with you. And the thing about it is, like, Tennessee traded for uh, my boy King from San Diego. Yeah. Or whatever, L.A. You yeah. Know. Big get. And Big he, get. And he is, you know, by pro football focus uh, ratings, the number one slot cornerback. But they really haven't been that bad at covering the ball. It's the fact that they can't touch the quarterback. They didn't help themselves in that at all. And although I'm not a fan of Mr. Big Dick Nick Foles, if you give him time – he does well, and he's going to do well against them. Have no fear of that Tennessee defense in this game. I think, and Chicago has the better defense by far. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. So I think this. I think this is a slam spot, like you said, for Chicago. I like the Bears here. We liked them last week versus New Orleans. It was a little bit of a combination of the defense for Chicago, but also the spot for New Orleans. Looking ahead to Tampa Bay, we said that New Orleans wouldn't pull up. All their playbook, they obviously did not. They took them to overtime, blah, blah, blah. We got the cover. I like Chicago to get the cover here as well. All right. All right, moving on. Those Minnesota fighting Kirk Cousins. And they're at home off their huge win last week. Domination, as we called, versus Green Bay. And uh, they're laying four points to your lines there, buddy. Yeah, uh, (laughs) this is funny. I do not have this on my list, so I apologize. I didn't, I, for whatever reason, I missed that on the scoreboard. So you're going to have to take the handicap on this one, buddy. That's the first time that it's what it was. It's three years, four years in. That's never happened. Sorry, guys. I missed that one. Well, you know what? Joe Montana threw interceptions too. So here we go. (laughs) God. Uh, Detroit, it came off the board because Stafford got put in COVID. Uh, protocol, although he is now released, obviously with the line still being at four, it actually got up to five. It was finally announced that he's going to play. Okay. The the numbers agree with Detroit, but the cut through last algorithm we found this third one makes it a 50-50 on the numbers, so even though the numbers agree is overall 60%, it makes it a 50-50 play on those ones uh, that don't hit that third algorithm agreement. Uh, Minnesota just had the win of the year. There's no doubt about that. They're not going anywhere anyway. Detroit still has a slight chance, slight chance to maybe sneak in, especially if they go to, they're talking about, what, eight playoff teams now. So motivation here for Detroit, motivation for big fatty, fatty, boom, baladi. Mm-hmm. However, it is Kirk Cousins at noon, and as we've told you many, many times, <laughs> Kirk Cousins at noon covers 60% of the time as he did win us money last week. And Dalvin Cook is back, and he's on fire. It's a tough call. It's probably going to be a stay away from us. But if you wanted to know where the numbers are at, the numbers are on Detroit. So if you want to make the smart bet, the wise bet, and the sharp bet, it would be to take the four with Detroit. Yeah, and you uh, apologize for that. You can dock my paycheck there, Bo Cephas. Yep, already marked it down. All right. All right, moving on. Indianapolis. They are hosting the Baltimore Ravens, and it is down. And I mean all the way down. It's a one-and-a-half point home dog to those Indianapolis Colts. Jesus, Jesus. Well, it's a good thing we already sent it out to our clients, I guess. Indy is only allowing 3.4 yards per carry, and we've talked for you know, 
coming up on two years now on the formula to beat Lamar. And it's, you know, everybody knows now it's stop the run, force him to beat you through the air. And he's proven over and over that he just cannot do it. Does that mean he won't ever do it? I mean, no, but, you know, I'm going to keep riding this trend and this lean uh, until he proves that he can. So, I, you know, obviously we got to lean to Indy here. I love that Darius Leonard is back making plays in the middle of that defense. And maybe, uh, uh, excuse me, um, well, the offensive tackle for the Ravens that got hurt last week. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, out, he's out for the year. Yeah, he's out for the year. So the you know one of the best lines, offensive lines in football, just took a big hit with him he, going. He just signed the biggest yeah. contract ever for a left tackle because he is that good, and he in the next game out for the year. Yeah, yeah, well, that sucks. But look again, this is this is the theme of the week. I'm hesitant to hit the sounder on this one, but only because Baltimore lost last week. Um, like like if Baltimore was on one of their tears, went in three, four in a row, just boat racing people, I'd absolutely be hitting the sounder here. But the fact that they lost last week, man, they're going to have max motivation here. I'll stay away from the sounder, but I will take the points at home. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hit the sounder for you. Let's yeah, go hit it. Colts. So here, here's what I will confess to everyone. And if you've been listening to this from since the preseason, you already know this. Uh, your boy Bo Sevis was dead wrong about the Indianapolis Colts. I thought <laughs> they were going to go under the projection. I thought it was a stupid projection. I thought Tennessee had the division in the bag. I thought Phillip Rivers was done, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's not great. He's like 22nd QBR. But what he has transformed himself into is a game manager of not a great offense. They're like, I think, 21st DVOA. They're not great. However, their defense is so much better than I could imagine, and even without our boy Leonard, who, I mean, at this point, I don't know if there is a better middle linebacker in all of football when he does play. He's good. I don't think there is. I think he's the best one. He's back now, and even without him, they have managed to be, like you said, the number two YPA run defense in the NFL. And going all the way back, Longhorn, to the most glorious sounder that you hit last year, uh, which playoffs. was Tennessee beating Baltimore in the playoffs mm-hmm. with the same exact handicap that if you could not, if you could stop the run versus Baltimore, you could shut them down. And the only other thing I'll add, what I said on Jenner today, the slide for Baltimore, so Baltimore is exactly where we thought they would be. So our opening power rankings to where they're at now, they're exactly the same. So still a good team. We expect them to be a good team. But the slide they've had to get to get back down to what they, we thought they were has been so tremendous and incredible, and it's all because of the poor play of Lamar Jackson. If you look at it, I think he, right now uh, he ranks 19th QBR, total QBR in the league. But if you look at the last four games, which has been their slide, he ranks 27th, would be right above my boy Gardner Minshew, which – Yikes. God rest his soul. He's almost done now in the NFL. I'm going to be sad <laughs> to see him go. But that's how bad he's been playing. And that's because, and I don't know what it's because. I, mean, I don't know if it's because teams have film on it. I don't know if it's because, you know, the accumulation of hits, Longhorn, that, you know, a running quarterback takes. Like, we've all seen it. We, we know why running quarterbacks don't work because eventually, and you talk to even the ones that did become great or at least succeed, Michael Vick, Steve Young, like, they tell you, like, we just stopped. We didn't want to get hit anymore. Like, it's too much. Like, these people are too big. It hurts too fucking bad. 
and he just keeps running out there like a running back, and eventually that does not work. And it's been on a constant slide, and last week he had a QBR of 12. 12. Well. Uh, so it, 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 it just continues to get worse, and he continues to slide. And without that running game to back him up, which, again, they're still number one YPA running the ball, even with all, which is why they're 5-2. and two. But with him playing so poorly on the other side of that, that's the reason why they're trending so badly in the numbers and the reason why they're pretty they're pretty close to falling out of contention to being a, a legitimate contender to even, you know, I mean, they played Pittsburgh and Kansas City, the two best teams in their conference, and they got, you know, beat by both of them. So they're very, very close to just sliding right out of the fucking race. Well, I'd have to watch their games to break it down, but I, I know that when he first started playing quarterback, their offense had guys running wide open, and my guess is the defenses have caught up with the little trickerations, and without the wide open players to throw to from scheming, you know, scheming up that offense, it's it's made it to where he's having to become a more accurate passer and throw into those tight windows. So my guess, without really diving deep, is there are no more wide open guys to throw to. Hence, his numbers are coming down in the passing attack. Absolutely, but even if you look at his rushing attack. He's not, he's not the same dynamic runner, runner as he was earlier. And, again, you and I don't get to, you know, the luxury of watching the 11-on-11 and doing what – so, like, pro scouts time guys' movements, right, on tape. Like, oh, he's running this many you know, tenths of a second slower to this side. Oh, his ball's fading over here. Like, they scout all that. Like, Bill Belichick is the fucking king of that shit. <clears throat> and we don't get that luxury, but – what we can tell, what we do do is correlations. In correlation, his play has gone down, down, down. Even though the running game hasn't really left that much. Like I said, they're number one YPA. So the only thing I can say is, like, at some point, like maybe he's still banged up from early in the season. I don't know, but he's not physically the same dude. And Indy is going to punish the running game and punish him uh, on Sunday. Maybe he should go down to New Orleans and get him a voodoo Frenchie. Well, I would never not recommend that, but we're going to move on to Kansas City, and they are 10.5-point home favorites versus Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I love this game. I really do. Two things line up for me in this one. Casey has played down to competition all year, and Carolina has shown to be a great team as underdogs. Getting over 10 points here feels rich uh, to me, so give me two gloves to get that back door and stay within 10 points against a Casey team who looks to just get a win and head into the bye week with, with no injuries and a win under the belt, Eileen Carolina. Yep, the numbers lean with you, brother. All right, moving on. Those Jacksonville Jaguars and my boy, <clears throat> God rest his soul, <clears throat> Gardner Minshew second, who there is no first, is not playing. I have no idea who the starting quarterback is, but they're yeah. catching seven points at home versus Houston. Yeah, and, you know, we did put ourselves on double-secret probation on Jacksonville, so we're, we're not allowed to pick them and, and put any more losers on them into the pile. But guess what? Once again, give me some of those Jaguars catching, you know, almost a touchdown. <laughs> I just – I just I can't. I can't help it. And you say you don't know who's starting quarterback for them. Well, I looked into it, and the list of two or three quarterbacks that I saw didn't fucking matter. It does not matter who it is. So even though Minshew is out – it's just not going to matter. He's lost his way, uh, you know, with his offense. So if they do downgrade because of the, the new quarterback that they'll go with, it's only going to add value to, to Jacksonville because they're going to ground downgrade too much. 
and the, the quarterbacks that are coming in, they can't play any worse, and they might play better. So, uh, you know, everything points to me with Jacksonville. Houston is not good enough to lay almost a touchdown on the road in division. Eileen Jacksonville. All right, boys and girls, that was a fucking sharp, a sharp fucking good handicap for my boy Longhorn there. This game opened at four. It's at seven, so you're talking about three-point downgrade. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, and and here's what we'll confess we missed, and I think you mentioned early on Cincinnati. So we missed on Cincinnati last week. The numbers said to take Cincinnati. We kept it out because of all the injuries, right, to the offensive line. We didn't think it was responsible. We put that out to our clients. We kept it out. But where we missed was Cincinnati already had a below-average offensive line. So if you're below average right. with your starters, your backups by definition are below average already because, you know, they're backups. So how much of a downgrade could it possibly be to back up below average with below average? Gardner Minshew, as I mentioned before, 27th best quarterback in total QBR, which means he's well below average. So you're telling me now that you're going to put in a quarterback and you're going to give me three more points of a guy that's already below average. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's hard to fucking do. So mm-hmm. that's a great fucking handicap. It's some, it's sharp as fuck. And for all you guys listening, like, that's something you need to keep in mind. Like, injuries and everything makes a big deal of injuries. Well, you got to remember who's getting injured and who's replacing them. If it's, you know, an, an, an all-pro level player, obviously, to a backup, that's a huge discrepancy. If it's just a fucking jag, right, if it's just a fucking starter, he might be a little bit above average, or maybe not. He might just be average, but his backup is probably just a little bit below average. So like, what does that really mean in the scheme of things? So, sharp fucking handicap there, brother. And uh, the numbers lean with you, too, to Jacksonville. Yeah, well, you can take that dog off my paycheck now. All right, we're moving <laughs> on. And those Washington football people, I can't believe They're fucking favorites at home. How the fuck is this even possible? <laughs> Two and a half points to the New York football Giants. Well, then you're not going to like my handicap, so just deal with it. So we all remember we all remember the last meeting when the Skins of Red went for two at the end, didn't make it. Had they made it, however, the Giants would be sitting at 0-8, and, and the Skins would be in first place at 3-4, and four, which is an atrocity in itself. Um, I just think that Washington is the better team. Here they've got a slight revenge motivation. Uh, they should be able to. Obviously, they will disrupt Danny Jones, and he likes to fumble and throw the ball to the other team. So I like Washington to get this win as a short home favorite. Very little differences in these putrid offenses, uh, but I will say that at least Washington has has a couple of guys with home run capability. I don't see that with the Giants on the other side of the ball massive, massive advantage to the skins of red with their fourth-ranked DVOA defense, Eileen Washington. Yeah, so that's the thing that kept it out of our picks. Um, The numbers are on agreement with the Giants because efficiency-wise, they are the better team. However, the massive, anytime we have any any kind of massive difference like that, on one side of all the other, it does kick it out. So that is what kept it out of our picks. I'm going to disagree with you, though, here, because all I'm going to say is, as bad as Daniel Jones is and can be, if you've watched him play, I know this is stupid to say, but he's playing better. He's playing better. (laughs) He just makes so many dumb decisions. Like, he makes plays, you're like, 
fuck, this guy can play. And then two plays later, like, oh my god, this fucking guy's an idiot. Yeah, and terrible. that happened, you know. Again, and, and again, we won that. That was our five and zero, right? We had mm-hmm. the Giants on Monday night uh, against Tampa Bay. That was that made our five and zero. And there were so many times in the game we're like, fuck yeah, this is a winner. And then Daniel Jones would inexplicably fucking throw a terrible fucking interception for no fucking reason at all. I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, how many times have you put this game in fucking jeopardy for us? Holy shit. But, yeah. again, he is playing better, so I'm, I'm going to lean against you on this one. But, anyway. That'll work. All right, moving on. We're going to go to L.A. And those <laughs> L.A. Superchargers, they are hosting those R. Las Vegas Raiders. And this game is all the way down to pick them, baby. Wow. Okay, so obviously L.A. coming off that crushing loss to Denver last week, and they traded away one. Of, you already mentioned that trade away one of their best defensive backs midweek, and to me that's throwing up the white flag. I am just not a fan of backing teams who appear to be looking forward to the next season. You got a huge coaching edge to Vegas here, and uh, almost at this point a huge uh, roster advantage. I, I massively this is you, know, you told on yourself. Let me tell on myself. I massively underrated. Uh, the Vegas Raiders this year. I did not see this roster coming together the way it has this year. So props to them, um, you know. But also on top of that, they got the massive motivation edge to me as well. The win last week for Vegas versus Cleveland put them in the driver's seat for the pl- for that last playoff spot. So they're only looking forward now to keep gaining gaining ground. I lean to Vegas here. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think Gruden's got his bunch playing right, and uh, yeah. you know, as much as he hates his fucking quarterback, he's putting points on the board. And the over under this was 51 and a half, so there's going to be points put on the board. And your boy has exceeded expectations so far in LA for sure. Mm-hmm. However, he has not shown the ability to close games like last week against right. our Broncos. So yeah, go Raiders on this one. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. And we're going to those Dallas Cowboys. Mm. And they are, boys and girls, this is almost historic. They're 14-point <laughs> home dogs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, Bo Cephas, I am actually going to use the cows as my weekly who cares melody in handicap of the week. Uh, don't really want to talk about this game at all. Can't believe that they're laying 14 or Pittsburgh is laying 14 in Dallas, but I do love the fact, however, that the computers that we ran, your little algorithms, put them, put the Cowboys at the project, projected second overall pick in next year's draft, and we did get some free on-air advertising from Choppy on the on the fan with that one. So, other than that, we obviously don't like laying huge numbers, but on a force lane, I would only lay the points here uh, with with that Pittsburgh. Pressure defense, you know, you're going to have possible strip sacks, possible pick sixes. I would, I could only lean to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so a couple of things in this game. One, uh, this is the second biggest dog Dallas has ever been at home mm. in 1980. I looked all this up. So I think it's 1989. Danny White. Four, 14 and a half point no, home dogs not to Danny San White. Francisco. The biggest dog Dallas has ever been was on the road in Oakland to the Raiders in 2001, they were 18-point dogs when Anthony Wright went out there. And they only lost by a field goal, so they did cover that game. Anthony Wright. So, again, this is historic, and it's also historic because the Cowboys 
are the very first team in the history of the NFL to go 0-8 to start the season against the spread. Oh. Never been done. Never been done. New league record. Congratulations, what, Dallas. Congratulations. Yeah. One of the questions that came in today on the gender was, do I keep doubling down on the Cowboys till I win my money back? Which is a terrible strategy. Mm-mm. However, my answer was, you know, kind of like the stock market, you got to buy at the dip at the most apex of the dip to make maximize your return on your investment. You got to decide, is this the biggest dip there's going to be or does it get worse? Here's what I will say by the numbers. It's minus 14. The overrunner is 42. So if you double that, that's 38. It's within 10 points historically. Historically, the dog covers this over 80% of the time. This is one of those weird, weird, weird yeah. trends. However, there's no way I'm putting my fucking money Fuck on it. No. But Fuck no. That, just giving you some perspective on historical references here, but it doesn't get much worse than being two touchdown dogs at home in week <laughs> fucking nine. Jesus. All right, moving on. Those Arizona Cardinals, they are hosting those Miami Dolphins, and they're four-and-a-half-point home favorites. So last week I told you about a game that my first look lean was different than after I dug into it and did the handicap. I liked San Francisco last week plus three versus Seattle. And then after I dug into the numbers and did all the handicapping, I flipped that to Seattle minus three, and it paid off uh, for us. So I feel the same way about this one. My first look lean was Miami, uh, but uh, but I'm on I'm on Arizona now. Uh and Tua, Tua was 12 of 22 for 93 yards last week. And they absolutely boat raced the Rams with the you know, defensive touchdowns and special team touchdowns. So to me, the, the value is automatically on Arizona, Arizona coming off a bye against a team that's going to be overinflated based on what they did last week. That does not mean that I don't think that Miami is, is not a damn good team because they obviously are. What I saw last week... Being able to do that with basically getting nothing from your quarterback tells me all I need to know about the rest of the roster. Um, but that you just can't duplicate that week to week in the NFL. So I I feel like I feel like that's gonna uh, that's gonna only give the value in the line to Arizona. Uh, now last week Miami did face a statue quarterback and they're going to go up against a mobile quarterback this week. So that that could be the difference. Um, Arizona is the fourth-ranked offensive rush efficiency, and Miami is dead last in the NFL in defensive rush efficiency. So that could be a huge factor in this game. I think Tua, honestly, I think Tua is going to have to play a one of his better games. He's only had two. This will be a second. He's going to play a damn good game here for them to cover, um, and we obviously haven't seen that yet. It's only been one game, so I'm going to lean Arizona. Yeah, the numbers are split on this one. I love your handicap here, and – Looking at uh, the projected wins we talked about, we gave out today, and so what Choppy gave out. So Arizona at this point is, by the numbers, them and the Rams are projected to tie for first place in the West. Now Seattle's going to have to slide back, which again I told you the numbers hate them. So they're going to have to continue to, to defy the odds to win All this right. division. However, little sneaky best bet here: Arizona's plus three fifty right now to win this division. They're only a game back, and they already have a game in hand versus Seattle, who's leading the division. Oh, there you so, go. I think Arizona wins this game. I think they cover this game. I think Tua, like you said, he played. He didn't play well at all. And I, I think he'll play incrementally better. Right. There's no doubt about that. But 
like I said, he's going to step up big time from what he did. And to your point about the value, this the look headline was six is down to four and a half, and it's all about that Miami dominant defense. Now, we're both in the bag for Coach Flores. We love Coach Flores. We think he's the next best fucking thing. And, I I mean, anybody wants to disagree with it, you can. But, man, I just think that dude's he's awesome. He's been in such a great program. And I think Miami has such great things to come. However, in this spot, I think it's Arizona. They cover. They win big. And again, plus 350, boys and girls, they're only a game back, and they've already got a game in hand versus Seattle, and that was in Seattle. Now Seattle has to come to Arizona. They've already got kind of the tiebreaker advantage there. Plus 350 looks a little tasty. I like it. All right, moving on. Those Tampa Brady Buccaneers are hosting all the Saints. Voodoo woman named Phyllis might be in the stands, (laughs) but Tampa Bay is laying four and a half points at home. Mm, that might change my handicap a little bit. Here we go. Game of <laughs> game of the week, and Tampa Bay is looking to get one back against New Orleans, who beat them in week one. Uh, but, of course, they in that game, they did get the pick six from ba- Brady, and they, I know they had a punt block. Was that punt block for a touchdown, or did it, did it just set them up? I can't remember. No, just, just punt block. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, you know, since that day, since week one, New Orleans really hasn't improved a lot, and you can maybe touch on that with, with the power rankings. But Tampa Bay, you know, uh, while they may have not improved a lot on what we thought they would be because we had them rated properly, just uh, what they've shown, what they can do, is 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 only going to improve as the season goes on. Their running game is starting to get it going. They're, they're mixing in Fournette. He had his best game. Um, on top of that, A.B. is coming back this week. And in a normal situation, I'd say that that's probably not going to be an advantage because, you know, any no matter how good the receiver is, coming in after not playing for, you know, so many, you know, months, probably not going to be a, uh, something to even mention. But he and Brady have – they have a connection. And he walked, he walked into New England last year and immediately – put up a good game with a touchdown. So they obviously have some sort of weird connection. Hell, he's I think he's going to be living with Brady. So there's something weird going on there. Maybe maybe the voodoo lady can check that out and see what's going on. <laughs> but I I do expect, you know, out here, outside, on the grass, Tampa Bay to get it going, get Fournette to continue to, uh, to add to his, to his role. The line is starting to come down to the range where it's a play for me. What are those numbers, Bo Stevens? Where did it open at and where is it at now? So it opened at... It opened at, well, here's the, it opened at four and a half. It got all the way to five and a half, and now it's back down to four and a half. So it got bet up and then bet back down. Okay, so. And it's still, you still get it to five at circa right now. Yeah, I'm going to be patient here and just, you know, if, if it dips under, if it's at four, anything under four, that's that becomes a play for me on Tampa Bay. What do you got? Yeah, I would agree with you there. And talking about the power rankings, so Tampa Bay, exactly to your point, uh, they are within two one-hundredths of a point uh, right now from what we had them projected at the start of the season. They're exactly where we thought they were. They are where we thought we were. Exactly. And uh, New Orleans has dipped all the way two points, which we gave you that handicap last week when we, when we took Chicago. Right. Well, they did nothing last week in Chicago to improve their power ranking. They're exact same as they were. There's no upgrade, no downgrade. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking about a team that's dipped two – and if you think we're wrong, if you think that we're wrong, that Tampa Bay is the same, New Orleans hasn't been downgraded, just remember this. In the first game, New Orleans was a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Now, 
normally you play the six-point game in a normal year, right? You can't do that this year. It's one point. So it's a two-point flip. So if it's a two-point flip, that means New Orleans should be one-and-a-half-point favorites here in Tampa Bay with a four-and-a-half-point dogs. So that's right. what, five, six points right there. So that's six-point flip. So if you think that we're wrong, that means you think Vegas is wrong, which means you should take the Saints. However, we're not wrong because we weren't wrong <laughs> last week in Chicago. Yeah. We haven't been wrong on New Orleans all year long. And New Orleans, again, Longhorn, is now two and five. ATS. Mm. They have not performed. They're, they just keep getting overrated and overrated and overrated. And I thought, like you thought, when we saw the number at five and a half, we were both like, that's too many goddamn points. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, that's a nine point swing. And our numbers did not support that at all. Getting down to four and a half, it's getting pretty close. If you get it under four, I'm with you, man. It's got to be a force lean to Tampa Bay at that point. So. We're on the right track. Uh, we'll see what the what the public does with this number from here on out. But I think that, you know, at four and a half, I, I don't know. I'm still struggling that, ten, that New Orleans won't cover that. But if it gets under four, I'm with you. I kind of like Tampa Bay. Agreed. All right, moving on to the Monday Night Football game. And that's New York. J-E-T-S. Yes! 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 And they're hosting. Those goddamn New England Patriots, they're seven and a half point home dog. Mm, well, this was this was going to be my Hello Corner TV game, but it is the only game on, and eh, so you know what? We'll have to wait till next week to to pick a Hello Corner TV game. Let's keep this one simple because the game is just simply gross and unwatchable. The Jets are thirty first against the pass, but that doesn't fucking matter because New England can't throw. But they are. 10th against the rush, and that does matter because that's all New England can do. Catching over a touchdown at home in a scheme matchup. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 cover, baby, cover. I fucking love it. Numbers love it. Yes. Everything loves it. New England fucking sucks. Um, Cam has completely lost his way, and Belichick... Here's, the, here's all you need to know. There was a quote from Belichick, uh, was it last week? Yeah. And he was basically admitting that Weird. dealing with the salary cap, he's having to play all these young guys, and it's just really it's really hard for him to win football games. You've never heard that ever in life from Bill Belichick. He's throwing up a white flag. They tried to trade Stephon Gilmore. Like, if they could have traded him for anything, they would have. Like, they're done. He knows they're done. And they're going to be jockeying. You know, for that, and if you look at the projections, the Jets are the only team in the division projected to finish underneath them. They're going to be jockeying for one of those top five positions. Like, they're, I think that's what they're going for, and mm-hmm. I think they're on their way to getting it. We will see. All right, boys and girls, that was all those wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby! time you all been waiting for it's time for that nfl free i said pick of the week baby yeah and i'm going to piggyback off you hitting the sounder on those indianapolis colts let's take them to win that well we're going to take the points clearly but we let's take them to win that game also free pick of the week in the nfl is going to be indianapolis plus the points 
Let's get it. Now, the money line parlay, let me let me just tell a quick give me 30 seconds here, Bo Sevis. Two weeks ago, I hit the money line parlay. Paid out. Last week, I missed the money line parlay. It's a five game five team money line parlay. I missed it by one team, and it was those stupid fucking Browns, and I take responsibility for that. You should never put you should never put a game in a money line parlay, five team, in a game that has severe, severe weather conditions my fault could have picked almost any other team and cashed two weeks in a row but let's see if we can get back on that money line train this week and although i was shy with all my sounders uh during the breakdowns i put all those teams into this money line parlay so this one obviously pays big we're going to take buffalo denver indy las vegas and arizona that five team money line parlay pays out 33 to one let's get it God damn, I'm punching that shit in right fucking now. Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and get us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Degenerate with R. Jay Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But most importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up. Tell a friend. And join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on! God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!